right, if you've got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen in your outline. Um, use the Central Church app. If you don't have the Central Church app, again, I encourage you to um, go to your Play Store, um, download that, use that, utilize it um, throughout the week. Announcements come on. Um, you can get the bulletin. Um, on, your bulletin updates are on there. The outline is on there. You can fill in the blanks um, electronically. Um, and the Bible versions um, are on there. So, so use that. Um, that's a, that's for you. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, but it's, it's a cool, um, tool to have. And so, um, this week, um, Luke chapter one, that's where we're going to start. This is week number two of our series called the Christmas Chronicles. Um, last week, I started out the message talking about, um, things that have been canceled, about people getting canceled, about Christmas getting canceled. And, and I started doing a little bit of research this week because some events happened and some people were speaking up, speaking out and up against the, the events and, and, and they had to retract statements. And, and it's all in this, this fear of getting canceled. Like everywhere we go, there seems to be this thing like you can't say this, you can't stand up against this, you, you can't do the right thing anymore because you're going to be canceled. You're going to offend somebody. And if you offend the wrong people or the wrong group, then they just shut you down. A C- couple things I want to say about that. Um, this isn't in your message notes and this isn't in my message notes, but I'm going to say it. Um, y- you can't cancel God. Like no, no matter how hard people are going to try, you're never going to cancel God. And, 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 and on the flip side of that, you, they're not going to cancel the call of God out of your life. And so the call God puts on your life isn't, isn't going to get canceled. And so, and so it, it's time as, as a church and as individuals, those of us who say that we're followers of Jesus Christ, to stand up for the truth, to stand up for what is, is right. To, you know, the Bible, the Bible is clear on what it says about things. And we have to be bold in proclaiming that. Yes or no? Yes. Eight of you say yes. So eight of you are with me. The, the rest of us, Stop being afraid of getting canceled because everything gets canceled and it freaks us out. Like I was doing some research this week, again, about things that were canceled. And it blew my mind over some of the songs, the Christmas songs that have been canceled. Now, after I listened to them, I'm like, huh, I never heard that before. For for example, like um, Santa Baby. You know that song? It got canceled. Cause, cause they're saying like, this is about a woman trying to seduce Santa Claus, which I never thought of that till I listened to the song. I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying like, l- listen, ladies, if you're going for a man, I guess he is a sugar daddy. I mean, I, so if you can catch him, right? I guess you gotta catch him. I saw mama kissing Santa Claus, got canceled. The Mellencamp version of this is the best, is it not? Mellencamp is the man. Well, you, like seriously, because they said, like, this is what I read. It promotes women cheating on their husbands. I don't think there's a woman on the planet that has ever heard that song and said, I'm leaving him for the fat guy with the sled. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's cold outside. Right? I mean, you know this one. This is the most famous one that got canceled. I mean, I, I see what they're saying. Trying to seduce her or whatever, but here, here's my problem with all the stuff that gets canceled, right? And the reasons why they're getting canceled, right? They're, they're, they're saying that this needs to get canceled and this needs to get canceled because it does this. It's cheating. 
but WAP by Cardi B won Song of the Year. Double standard? Some of you are wondering, what is that? Well, listen, right? No, I'm just kidding, man. We ain't going to play that here. Why are you laughing, sinners? You know what that is? <laughs> if you don't know what it is, do not Google it. Do not. I'm telling you, it is not like don't. If you Google it and you listen to it or you read the lyrics, I warned you not to. That is not on the Christian Spotify or the Christmas playlist. It's, it's not a godly song. But it's a double standard, is it not? Like, like this is okay. It's okay for us to do this, maybe because we're, we're over here and we're, we got our feet in the world or, or, or maybe whatever. It's, it's okay for that, but, but this over here? Uh-uh, we're not having that. And we're not having anything to do with Jesus. It, it's, it's the standard. Now, we switch back around to Christmas and you say, well, Ryan, how does cancel culture uh, affect Christmas? It's very simple. Christmas, we talk about the same themes every year. Christmas series, like this is the hardest series to preach. It, it, it is. It, it's one of those things, like as a pastor, you, you kind of dread, oh, it's Christmas season. It's, it's the same messages, oh, this and Easter. It's the same message, like nothing ever changes, right? Thank God nothing ever changes, but it's still, nothing changes. And we talk about the same stuff. We talk about joy to the world. And some of us in this room, we, we talk about it, we sing about it, but for some of us, joy got canceled. I mean, we don't have that because there's, there's no joy. Because maybe circumstances have changed. Maybe this Christmas, we're going to have an empty spot at the table where somebody sat last Christmas. Maybe there's a di- doctor's diagnosis that came out. And, and it wasn't what you expected. And, and it doesn't bring joy to your world. And so you feel like joy has been canceled. We, we use phrases at Christmas time like peace on earth. But for some of us, Peace is something you've heard about. Peace isn't something you've experienced for a while. Like, you feel like in your life, it's been canceled. And and when we don't have peace, pretty soon we start seeking it in other areas. And we turn to things that bring us temporary peace. But it doesn't ultimately deliver on the promise that it tells us it will fulfill. And, And peace gets canceled out of our life. Hope. We talk about hope all the time. Hope. Hope is that thing, especially at Christmas time. Hope is, is what we're supposed to have. But for some of us, it's something you used to have. And, and I understand this, but it got canceled. Because see, when you hope for something for a really, really, really long time, and it doesn't happen, eventually you kind of run out of hope. Yes or no? So how in the world, during a time of year when people are preaching about peace and hope and joy... How can we finally lock into those things? Like, how can we buy into the fact that those aren't just concepts that we talk about, concepts we sing about, that we preach about, but those are real things that we can experience? Like, like how can we really get on the same page with that? Well, it's really simple. It all ties into a man named Jesus who was born 2,020-some years ago in a town that at the time nobody was really excited about going to. Nobody really had heard about it. Like, I mean, it it just, it wasn't a vacation destination. And a place that was obscure, born to parents that nobody really knew, that nobody thought about, that, that weren't really special, in circumstances that looked completely chaotic and out of control. Yet here we are, 2,022 years later, and his name is worshiped and praised 
all over the world. And what's incredible is not just the not just the work that Jesus has done in the world, but the work that Jesus wants to do in you and me. The, the name of Jesus, just the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of who? Jesus. Just the name of Jesus at Christmas time means so much more than just a baby in a manger. In fact, I want to talk about three things that the name of Jesus means to me at Christmas. Um, and the reason it's three is because I'm from a Baptist background, and that's how we do sermons. <laughs> three points, prayer, and go home, right? Anyway, here we go. Three things the name of Jesus means to me at Christmas. Number one, power. Power. There's power in the name of Jesus. There really is power. We sing a song about power in the name of Jesus. And, and, and a lot of times... We think about power in regards to the Christmas story. And we think about power in regards to other people. But many of us have not thought about the power of God actually at work in our lives. Like there's seriously, because of the name of Jesus, there is power that God is working in us and through us. I'll walk you through this because this is fascinating. Again, I feel like we all know the Christmas story. We've read it so many times that sometimes we go on autopilot. But as I read through it today, I'm hoping that we can look at it and maybe a way that will help us appreciate the Christmas story a little bit more. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel. And, and by the way, I thought this was cool this week. Um, I probably knew this before, but it really stood out again. There are only a few named angels in the Bible. Gabriel's one of them. I, I think that's kind of cool. You, you might not, but I geeked out over that a little bit. Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, to a virgin, to a virgin. I want everybody to say that word on three. One, two, three. Virgin. If you don't know what that is, talk to your mom and dad when you leave. They'd love to explain it to you. If they're your mom and dad, they ain't one. Anyway, it, some of you get that on the way home too. Listen, it's important that we understand that. It's important that we say that. It's important that we're on the same page with that. That is, it's not young woman, right? She was young, right? But, but it's, but it's so very important. If she's not a virgin, then the prophecy wasn't fulfilled. We have to be on the same page. Mary was a virgin. Virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, now, now hold up. Let, let's, 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 let's just talk about this for a second. You're hanging out at your house all alone. All of a sudden, you see an angel. I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm scared. Because in the Old Testament, when angels showed up, many times they came, they were executing judgment. And, and I know the stuff that I've done. And so automatically, I see an angel. Pastor Ryan's freaked out. And, and, and Gabriel knew this about Mary, right? Gabriel's, um, Gabriel the angel, angels knew stuff. And, and, and he says this, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, that's something I would like to hear from an angel. Yes or no? Yeah, greetings. Not, not favored woman, but greetings, favored dude. Um, that would be good news, right? Verse 29, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean, which, which is probably what all of us would experience if an angel showed up and started talking to us. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, hold up. 
What had Mary done to receive favor from God? Have you ever thought about that? What had Mary done to receive favor from God? Here's the answer. We don't know. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell us all the righteous deeds that Mary had to do, all the boxes she had to check to get favor from God. She just had favor. Now, another word for favor in the Bible is the word grace. They're kind of used interchangeably, right? Grace is something we all have. Grace from God. We all have grace. God gives us grace. I know some people, you're like, I don't really have grace from God. Did you wake up inside this morning? Got some clothes in your closet? Lots of different options to choose from? I know you're looking at me. (laughs) I didn't, man, no grace. I don't know. You got some food to eat? How'd you get here? Did you drive here? I know you didn't ride your bicycle in the fog to get here. You have grace from God. I have grace from God. We have grace from God. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. I love, 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 love how God handles the details. God took care of the fact because when you get pregnant, you don't know if it's a boy or a girl. And so God goes ahead and takes care of all of it and lets Mary know she don't got to worry about anything, doesn't have to have a gender reveal party. Really quick side note, no, no, I do not want to come to your gender reveal party. Here's why. I've never been to one that's awesome. Now, some of you are like, you came to my gender reveal party. Exactly. I did. It was awful. I I mean, come on, man. It's either pink or blue. Not super excited. I mean, you get it. You get excited. And maybe the grandparents get excited. Maybe. But the rest of us were like, oh, can we just eat? <laughs> By the way, let me stop and say this. You ain't going to like it. There's only two genders. That's it. That's it. Hold, hold on. I ain't trying to make a political statement because before the Republicans and the Democrats started arguing about 975,000 different genders, God said in Genesis 1 that he made them male and female. That's it. So you got blue balloon and pink balloon. That's it. I know some parents are like, I'm going to wait until they're old enough to decide. You know what? When I was four years old, I thought I was the Incredible Hulk. My mom did not say, well, I'm just going to have to treat you like the Hulk. No, she's like, no, idiot, you're not the Hulk. Shut up and go to your room. (sighs) Anyway, God said, God said, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be a son. And you're going to name him Jesus. Went went ahead and they don't got to get out the baby books and look for names or anything like that. Name him Jesus. This is awesome. And then he goes on to say this in verse 32. He will be very great, which if you have a kid, that's what you want. Yes or no? You you want for your kid to be very great. Some of you, we know your kid is great because of how many bumper stickers you got on the back of your car. Like, it's cool. Nothing wrong with that, right? I got some too. Like, nothing, nothing wrong. And he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. You're going to have a baby, 
And he's going to be the Messiah. He's the promised one. He is the one everybody has been waiting for. This is incredible news for a girl in the middle of nowhere that nobody knew her name. And it says this, he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end, ever, never. No matter how many times you try to cancel it, it ain't going to end. Now, this is basically, this, this metaphor is amazing. Um, it, it's just, it's absolutely fantastic. God tells Mary, hey, Mary, I'm going I'm to put something inside of you that you're going to give birth to. Something that when, when you give birth to it, only I can get the credit for it, Mary. There's not a man on the planet. There's not a person on the planet that can take credit when I'm going to put in you and ultimately bring out of you. It's all about the power of God, Mary. Now, Mary had a question. Now, real quick, um, how many of you have ever been told, don't ask God questions? Don't question God. Don't question God. Like, 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 like God is worried. Right? Like, I, I hear this all the time. I know I talk about this all the time, but it's because I hear pastors saying it all the time. Like, you ask God a question, and God's going to I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, God knows. God, God, like, by, by the way, let me just let you in on a little church secret thing. The reason you get told don't question God was probably by an insecure pastor who was probably telling you, don't question him. Seriously, I'm telling you, God is okay with your questions. There are so many occasions in the Bible where people ask God questions. Mary, the mother of Jesus, the one who has just been told by the angel, like, hey, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. His kingdom's going to reign forever. It'll never, ever, ever end. Mary has a question. God shows up and says, hey, going to give birth, and she got a legit question, and we kind of read over it a lot of times, but if we're in the situation, we're in this situation, we got the same question too. Mary asked the angel, how? How can this happen? I am a virgin. I've never been with a man. Gabriel, I'm not really sure how you reproduce in the angel realm, but down here with human people, I got girl parts, and there's some people with boy parts, and we got to get to Gabriel here. Let me draw you a picture. This is the picture she drew right here. Just kidding. I'm showing you in the picture. (laughs) One of these days, I legit am going to put a picture up there, though, and mess up ever, or they're going to put it up there and mess with me. So this is a legit question, right? Mary's like, how? How can I have a baby? I've never been with a man. How? Like, I'm a virgin. Listen, the only way a virgin can have a baby without having sex is through the power of God. And if God can bring a baby out of a virgin, he can bring a miracle out of you. He can bring a miracle. He can bring a miracle. This isn't just something that we read about. This is something we can experience. And, And Mary's questioning, and Mary's asking, How? How, how can this happen? Now, I love the angel's answer. The first three words are, are great. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's how it's going to happen, Mary. The Holy Spirit. 
And Mary's probably even more confused because, see, Mary didn't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit because she hadn't read the book of Acts yet because it hadn't been written where the Holy Spirit's really at work. She, she didn't know that stuff. She hadn't been to an empowered series at Central Church. And so she's like, huh? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born. Something new sight of this fact, Mary. Like there's, there's a baby in the process the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God, for the Word of God will never fail. Now, let's talk about the baby being born and God's power being at work in us. Now, this is a, this is a question for the ladies in the room. Um, it's a really, really simple question. You, you know the answer to this. How many women in here have actually had a baby? Raise your hand. See, that's, that's an easy question, right? Nobody's like, Well, there's this one time that there was that thing. No, like, you know, if you had a baby. And so let's walk through this because I'm telling you, the metaphor of this is amazing. It blows my mind thinking about it. Ladies, when you get pregnant, for the most part, and this is just from research that I have done. This is just from what I've been told. I've, I've never been pregnant. And so I, this is just like from what I've been told. When you get pregnant, within about a week or so, maybe two, three weeks, you know something different is happening inside of you, yes or no? Like, you know something's different. Some of your husbands, you're like, oh, I knew something was different right away because you're going to high V in the middle of the night getting ice cream and pickles, right? But you know something is different. And when you know something is different, you're, you're kind of happy about it, right? You're, you're excited. For, for the most part, there's joy, Yes or no? I mean, for the most part. I know somebody's like, oh, no. Like, but, but for the most part, there's joy. In fact, you tell other people, we're pregnant. We're pregnant. We're having a baby. We're having a baby. And, and, and there's always like that one awkward person that asks, were y'all trying? Oh, yeah. We were trying. Anyway, that's the Song of Solomon message. We'll have to use that another time. Um, but, there's, but there's joy, right? And then after the joy, out of that, once again, this is just what I've been told. After that comes an uncomfortable phase. Ladies, am I right? Yes or no? Is it, is it uncomfortable having another human growing inside of you? Yes or no? Yeah, because they grow, and then you grow, and then they decide to use your kidney as a trampoline. I asked a woman one time, I was like, what's it like to be pregnant? And she says, very simple. In months seven, eight, and nine, when I sneezed, I peed. When I coughed, I peed. When I walked, I peed. I was like, Mary, that sounds awful. She said it was. And, um, <laughs> this is what I've been told. I'm just telling you. And, 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 and this is something else. When you give birth to that baby, it's somewhat painful. W- would that be accurate? Hell on earth, maybe a better way to describe it. Some lady's like, no, it was, you were on epidural, baby. That's it. Like, that's, and, and I don't judge. I think the husband should get one too. An epidural and a shot, like a needle shot or the other shots. I don't know. Whatever it takes. But then when you hold that baby for the very first time, was it worth it? Yes or no? Yeah. So let's think about that for a second. The baby represents the miracle that God wants to do inside of you. And as that miracle starts happening, there's going to be some joy. There's going to be some excitement. But eventually, when the power of God begins to work inside of you and inside of me, it begins to get uncomfortable. You know why? 
Because he starts to rearrange things. He'll change some habits. He'll, he'll tell us to start doing some things. He'll tell us to stop doing some things. In fact, for some people, it's painful because for some of us, something has to die inside of us so that Jesus can truly live. But when we finally hold the miracle that Jesus wants to do in us, that God wants to do in us through the power of Jesus, it's worth it to say, yes, God, I want your power at work in me. Yes or no? Yeah, every time. So it's power in the name of Jesus, which leads to number two. Healing. The name of Jesus brings healing. We all need healing. You know who needed healing the most in this story? Who, who, who is it? Somebody guess. Joseph. Joseph needed a healing. We don't really think about this story through Joseph's standpoint, do we? Think about it. Was Joseph hurt when he found out Mary was pregnant? Yes or no? Yeah. Because we don't, we don't know their origin story. We don't know how they met. Joseph walks up to her, uses his best pickup lines. Hey, baby, your leg's tired? You've been running through my mind all day. Hey, girl, you like Pokemon? Why don't you come a little closer? Let me get a Pikachu. <laughs> I don't know. Some of you wonder why Mary's even with me. That's, yeah, no, don't answer out loud. But they meet, they get engaged, they're making these plans. They got honeymoon plans, they got parties planned, they got everything planned out. And, and Joseph's in his carpenter workshop one day. He got a smile on his face, got a song in his heart because he's about to marry Mary and everything's going to be great because the Bible says she's a virgin. So they haven't been shacking up or messing around or anything like that. So he's excited. And Mary comes in and says, Joseph, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, to bother you, sweetie. Um, but like, I got some good news and I got some bad news. And, and Joseph's like, hey girl, why, why don't you just go ahead and tell me the bad news first? And she's like, nah. I'd rather give you the good news first. He says, okay. And she says, Joseph, you're not going to believe it, but you and I are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And he's like, cool. I like the way you think, Mary. You think big. I'm, I mean, like, Savior of the world. I mean, I, I don't know because, you know, I know me and, and I know, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. So let, let, let's shoot for maybe like mayor of Galilee. But, you know, but Mary, it's cool. I, I'm with you, man. We're going to have a baby. What's the bad news? Well, it's not really bad, but you're going to think it's bad. But you're going to have to let me explain this to you. And she goes, he goes, okay. And she says, Joe, I'm already pregnant. Now, if you're Joseph... You do not go, woo, praise God. You're like, was it Doug? Well, it was Doug, wasn't it? If that baby comes out looking like Doug, I'm going to be so mad. It was, no, Joseph, it wasn't Doug. An angel, Gabriel, who Gabriel? Who's Gabriel? Well, Gabriel's an angel. Wait, you've been talking to angels? Yeah, well, no, 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 no. We're going to have to get you into rehab before we get married. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need rehab, Joseph. I'm pregnant. But God is the father. And Joseph's like, I'm out. And, and let's not judge Joseph because you would be too, wouldn't you? Every guy in this room, there's not a guy in this room that'd be like, Praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. This is a miracle from God. No, because virgins do not have babies. 
In, in fact, this is what the Bible says. Matthew tells us this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love it when the Bible lines up? I love it right here. Matthew and Luke say the same exact thing. Verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Why? Because he was hurt. Don't miss this. When you're hurt, when you're hurt, oftentimes you will walk away from a move of God because you don't understand. You don't understand what he's doing. When we're hurt, we'll walk away. And there's some people here, you've been hurt. And, and, and when I say hurt, I don't mean you didn't get a close enough parking spot at Borden Arrows during lunchtime. That's not hurt. That's being a brat, Ryan. I'm talking about hurt. Like the hurt that causes you extreme anxiety, L legit anxiety. Like anxiety is, I can't catch my breath. I, I don't know what's happening in life. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how it's going to go on. I don't know how I can pay my bills. I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. That, that's anxiety. Some people get hurt and it causes depression. I mean, it causes us to go into a place of deep depression. I, I, I get it. And listen, depression is not, I had a bad day. They mess up my order at Taco John's. No, depression is, I don't know if I can get out of bed. And if I do get out of bed, I'm not sure I want to keep living. Like that, that's depression. There are people, listen, you can strip all the mask away and acknowledge the fact I'm wrestling with anxiety. I'm wrestling with depression. I'm wrestling with worry. I'm wrestling with addiction. I'm wrestling with hurt. Just like Joseph was hurt during the Christmas story. And by the way, I need to say this here. Sometimes God will do something in one person's life and it takes a little while for him to do it in another person's life. Like, like if you're a couple, I want you to listen to me. God spoke to Mary and then he spoke to Joseph. He did not speak to them at the same time. Mary, it was not her job to convince Joseph. It wasn't her job to nag Joseph. It was her job to tell Joseph what God was doing, get out of the way, and then let God have his way with Joseph. See, I believe, I believe this with all of my heart. If two people are listening to God, if two people in a relationship are listening to God, eventually he will bring us together and tell us the same things. I, I believe that. You might not believe that, but I believe that with all of my heart. And that's what he's doing here in this story. Joseph is hurt, and he wants to walk away, which is what we want to do when we get hurt. We want to walk away from God. We ask the question, God, how could you let this happen to me? God, how? With all that I do and all the ways I'm being faithful and all the ways that I'm following you, how could you let this happen to me? Every time I ask that question, and, and look, I've asked that question a lot Every time I ask that question, God, how could you let this happen to me? I literally get the picture of Jesus on the cross. And I'm like, oh, how could I do that to him? That's a better question to ask, isn't it? Watch what happens here. Verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Appeared to him in a dream. So he goes to sleep. So he's in this, in, in this state of darkness. And, and don't miss this. Oftentimes God speaks to us. When we're in a state of darkness. 
appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Same thing. Same thing Mary told him. He, he's, he, it's coming from an angel in a dream this time, though. Different methods, same message. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That, that, that's one of my favorite phrases in the entire Bible. For he will save his people from their sins. Joseph got hurt. But the name of Jesus literally brought healing into his life. I'm speaking to every hurt person in the room or watching online right now. Healing begins with the name of Jesus. Healing begins with the name of Jesus. And healing begins with the acknowledgement of Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. It begins with that acknowledgement and then it continues with the leaning into other people who are walking with Jesus. That's the way you heal. Let me say this, just so you know, this is a safe place to heal. And the reason I say that is because in order to get healed, you've got to admit that you're messed up. You've got to say, I'm messed up. And this is a safe place where it's okay to say, I've messed up. Let let me go ahead and set the table for everybody here. I am messed up. And I'm the pastor. This is a safe place to admit I'm not okay. As we say here all the time, it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay not okay. But it's okay to say, hey, I need some help. I need some help. Healing happens in the name of Jesus. Third thing the name of Jesus brings is life. Life. If you grew up in church, life and Christianity were were not things that you associated with each other. In fact, if you went to church as as a kid or as an adult, and you walked out of church, and you, 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 you've looked at people, and you've gone like, do, do I do anything right? I mean, that mess is like, I, I feel like just spiritually, I just get beat up every single week. Like, you feel like going to church, it's just this boxing match, which, by the way, is the reason why a lot of people quit going to church. In fact, we go to church, and oftentimes we get challenged with things that we just cannot do. I, I remember when I first became a Christian, there was this, there was this thing it was very popular. Matter of fact, I was, I, I was involved in it. I, I did it. I jumped on the bandwagon. We all had bracelets. The bracelet said WWJD. Remember that? What would Jesus do? I mean, that, that's a great question, right? The only reason I wore that bracelet was to look godly because very rarely did I choose what Jesus would do. I, I knew enough about the Bible to excuse myself. You're on a date? What would Jesus do, Ryan? He didn't date. I guess it's up to me. I had a guy tell me one time, you know why Jesus was perfect? Nope, he was never married. Oh, maybe you'll get that on the way home or you're just too scared to laugh right now. I don't know. I probably should say that in the other services. What would Jesus do? That's a terrifying question. How many times, for, for example, like there are things that we do not know what Jesus would do. Like last week, last week, a lady pulled out in front of me. I blew my horn. She gave me the middle finger. What would Jesus do? He would love her. Would he? Really? We have no scriptural references at all of Jesus being stuck in traffic. But listen, I know enough about the Bible. I can say, well, you know what? Jesus turned over some tables in the temple when he was mad. 
I drive a Jeep. She's in a Prius. I'm going to be more like Jesus and turn her butt over. Like, all right. <laughs> can make the Bible say whatever we want to say, can't we? All of us know ultimately that's not what Jesus would have done. But, but, but at the end of the day, there are people that, that we feel like, you know, we don't, we don't know what Jesus would do. And so we just, we just run. We walk away. Or we think about the life that we feel like we could have had. But then we know just a little bit too much about ourselves. I I know too much about my past to, to really experience life. I know too much about the things I've wanted to do. I know too much about the things I've done and gotten away with to experience life. There are people in this room, you think life is for some other people. But you're like, I've seen so much. I've made too many mistakes. I've screwed up way too much. I've done the opposite of what Jesus would do. But at the end of the day, you've got to understand, Jesus did not come and die on a cross and raise from a grave so that we could not have life. He came so that we could have life. Let me let me tell you what life is. We've 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 been told that forgiveness is like we owe the bank five million dollars, and so we go down to the bank to try to pay five million dollars. Most of us probably couldn't pay five million dollars. If you could, please stop by the welcome desk today. I'd love to give you a T-shirt. Have you bid on some ugly sweaters? Got to pay for the building, all right? Anyway, but let's say we couldn't pay five million. We walk in, we're trying to work out a deal with the banker, and the banker says, you know what? It's funny you're here. Somebody just came in and paid off your debt. Now, just a quick question. If you owe the bank $5 million, and you walk in, and they tell you somebody paid off your $5 million, would you walk out of the bank a happy person, yes or no? Yes, I'd be excited, but worried at the same time. Because I had already racked up $5 million. I mean, I could probably do it again because <laughs> I, mean, I know me. And so I'm going to be like, how am I not going to do it again? How am I going to operate? How am I going to make sure I don't do that again? But the banker says, hey, hey, don't worry. Before, before you leave, I, I want to let you know. Now, this is grace, right? You got forgiveness, and, and now this is grace. The banker says, hey, before you leave, not only did they pay off your $5 million, but they went ahead and deposited $25 million so you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's salvation. That's grace. Jesus paid it all. See, when we understand that we're forgiven and free, I'm talking past, present, and future sins. When we understand forgiveness, we can have life. That's why Matthew said, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus was born. Jesus was born. Jesus was born. Say born. Born. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In other words, what God said was going to happen, happened. Jesus came to life so that you and I could have life. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Pastor Ron, don't tell people their past, present, future sins are forgiven because they'll go out and they'll live however they want. No no way. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because listen, once you understand grace, how, how truly amazing it really is, we don't want to live how we want. We say, you know what? If you did that for me, I'm going to live the way, Jesus, that you want. Jesus promised us abundant life. His name brings power. His name brings healing. His name brings life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he come to steal, kill, and destroy? 
steals our joy. He steals our peace. He steals our hope. He steals from us. But Jesus said, I have come so that they, which means every single one of us, that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise from the dead so that we could merely endure life. He did it so we could enjoy life. Jesus, the name of Jesus is what Christmas is all about. And his name brings power. His name brings healing and his name brings life. Let's pray. Father, right now, right now I speak the name of Jesus. Every circumstance, every situation, you know what it is. You know what we need. I pray that you will meet us in this place. Take us to where we need to be. Mike is going to lead us in a song. And during this song, you can sit, you can stand, you can sing along, you can pray. If you need prayer, we'll have people in the back corners of the sanctuary that love to pray with you and for you. But I want you to reflect on what the name of Jesus means in your life. Don't let the devil steal from you. Don't let him take your joy. Don't let him take your peace. And don't let him take your life. God, we give this time to you and ask you to move in ways only you can. The hearts of your people through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.